This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. It's blazing hot outside. You get in your car to turn on the AC to get cold air pumping, but it blows hot air out. This issue is commonly caused by low refrigerant due to leaks in the AC system. You want an easy, all-in-one solution that will restore the cold air in no time. AC Pro Recharge Kits. Make restoring cold air easy for even those with zero DIY experience in less than 10 minutes. Save time and money versus going to a shop by picking up an AC Pro Recharge Kit today. Be a pro with AC Pro. So Justin Verlander makes his debut. I get to watch the first hour in my office. That was fun. And right out the gate, Verlander's giving up bombs. That was, that was that was freaking fantastic. Riley Green, see you later. Javier Baez, see you later. Now, let me give Verlander credit because I'm not overly concerned about him right now. Justin Verlander settled down. He pitched five innings, did not give up another run after those two home runs. There were some hard hit balls against him. Absolutely. No doubt about it. But Verlander's new to us. Like I always say, we are going to judge people by what they do here. This was his first start as a Met. It wasn't bad. It wasn't. I, I, I prefer not to give up two home runs in the first inning. But five innings, two runs. He was not going to be able to pitch more than that because of the pitch count, which I think we all understand. This was not on him. This was on the offense. So if you are looking for some kind of positive coming out of this three-game series, I will give you one. And it's Justin Verlander. I got to hand that to him. The guy went out. He's making his first start of the year. It sucks that he's given up back-to-back home runs. Nobody likes it. But he didn't turn into anything worse. It, it wasn't what Max did. He didn't take a bad first inning and make it an awful, awful game. So I'm not drawing any negative conclusions out of Verlander's start. I don't think it would be fair to. I would say he went out. He's healthy. He did not look bad. He kept him in the game. The Met offense did nothing. And I think the biggest issue right out the gate is Buck Showalter not having Brett Beatty in the lineup. There's no excuse for it. So he's asked before the game, how come no Beatty? And just in case you forgot, Brett Beatty's hitting 313 against lefties. He's hitting 308 against righties. He's hit a home run against the lefty. He's hit a home run against the righties. So he has been perfectly fine against left-handed pitching when he has faced them this season. And we've even seen Buck start him now against lefties, including Max Freed a week ago. And his excuse, because I thought it was just give me a freaking break, was, well, I got to get Escobar in the lineup. I want to make something very clear. I do not have a problem with getting Eduardo Escobar in the lineup. That is not my issue. He's right. You got 26 guys on a roster. You want to make sure guys stay fresh. I'm not bitching about that. What I'm bitching is that it comes at the expense of the young stud who's hitting lefties, righties, ambidextrous. He's hitting everybody. He can't come out of the lineup. Now, my Tommy Pham thing obviously looks stupid, 
I said Escobar should DH over Pham, but I'm sorry. I'll go back to that. I'd rather see Tommy Pham sit than Eduardo S. Uh, than Brett Beatty. I'll give you another one. I'd rather see Mark Canna sit than Brett Beatty. I'll I'll give you another one. I'd rather see Starling Marte, who has looked lost for a month, sit than Brett Beatty. So if Buck's excuse is, I want to get Escobar's bat in the lineup, he's starting to show a little bit of a pulse. I don't want him to get cold not playing. I'm with you, bro. Like, I'm not disagreeing with getting Eduardo Escobar's bat in the lineup. I agree with that. I said it on the Rico. Get his bat in the lineup. We are now past the point where you're doing it at the expense of Brett Beatty. Brett Beatty's got to play, and he has. It's only one game. He should have been out there. That that annoyed me right right out the start. He's got to play every day. You want to give other guys an off day? Give him an off day. You can't sit this kid. He has done everything you've asked. And by the way, and I don't know if this makes the Mets look stupid or brilliant. Like You guys can decide at home. All we heard about was Beatty's defense and Alvarez's defense. That's why they're in the minors, right, Pete? Their defense, their defense, their defense, their defense. Listen, we're just regular guys watching every single freaking Met game. Okay, we're not watching AAA, or at least maybe most of us aren't. I don't have the time to. I apologize. Boy, these guys look freaking good defensively. So either you're geniuses, you're just freaking brilliant that you kept these guys down long enough so that they would look this good defensively, or you're a bunch of liars. I'm not sure which one. Because Francisco Alvarez's pitch-framing rankings, as you brought up last time, Pete, are through the roof. He's like the greatest pitch-framer this side of Yadier Molina, who's retired, and since he's retired, the Cardinals can't pitch. I don't know if anybody's noticed that, by the way. (laughs) Too bad. And Beatty, yeah, I think I'm watching Brooks Robinson sometimes over at third base. That's a little bit too much. But the point is, both guys have looked great defensively. I don't see any concerns. Beatty has to be in the lineup. The other thing, I'm very mixed about this. So I'm not going to offer an opinion. I'm going to say what happened and let Pete decide. And then based on what Pete says, I'll form an opinion because I was very mixed about this. Because I don't know if I told you this. I'm on the air while these games are going on. So sometimes it's tough to register. So the Mets are losing in the ninth inning. And they decide to pinch hit. Francisco Alvarez with Daniel Vogelback. Uh, Alvarez is showing more of a pulse. Alvarez has obviously been hitting a little bit more. He was 0 for 2 at this point. Vogelback comes up as a pinch hitter. Pete, your thoughts? Stop with this nonsense. Francisco Alvarez needs every at-bat possible. That's your guy. I'm done with it. Would you pinch hit for Brett Beatty? In that spot, would you be pinch hitting any younger kid? I don't care. They need to have this these experiences. And Daniel Vogelback, at best, is going to walk. But that's what okay. So, but you just made my point for me. You 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 walked right into it. They're down <laughs> two nothing. Okay, just let me walk and talk everybody through the situation. They're down two nothing to start the ninth inning. Daniel Vogelback gets on base at a very very high clip. That's probably his strength. It's certainly not hitting home runs. He's only hit one this season. It's getting on base. I'm down 2 nothing. It's the ninth inning. Daniel Vogelback offers you a much better chance to get on base than Francisco Alvarez. If you're looking at this baseball game, it is clear to send Vogelback up. 
I don't think there's a debate. Who has a better chance to get on base? It's clearly Daniel Vogelback. If you are playing this long game of, and by the way, it's a fair point to bring it up. You did. So I'm not saying you're an idiot. I'm saying that if you are looking at the game itself, Vogelback is clearly the best option because you're trying to get on base. If you're playing this game of, hey, he's, he's young. I want him to learn. I want him to get up there. Let him face Alex Lang, who's been great this year. Let's just see what happens then, yeah, okay. But if you are looking at the baseball game, Vogelback gives you a better chance to get on base. It's not, it's not particularly close. No, I, I, I understand that, and that's, that's fine, but I'm done. Like, I, I took this as a loss today. So I need out. It's more important to me to get Alvarez at bats. All right. All right. I, I'm mixed about it. I probably lean towards sending Vogelback up there only because I'm trying to win the game. I'm trying to win the baseball game. And then we get to, I know the thing everybody wants to talk about. I certainly had a tirade about it on the air uh, with Craig. Brandon Nimmo gets a one-out single. The Mets now have the tying run at the plate with Marte and then Lindor coming up. And Brandon Nimmo tries to steal second base. And I heard Brandon's defense after the game cited how long it takes for Lang to come home. 10 out of 10 times, I'll steal it without a problem. I'm trying to make sure that there's no double play option. Here's the problem. All that is fine. You know, you want to tell me Alex Lang takes a million years to get home? Okay. Uh, the double play thing? Sure. Yeah. I mean, Marte's are certainly on the table to the ground ball to shortstop, and there could be a double play. You cannot get thrown out in that spot. It's one of those cliches in baseball where you want to run you better be safe. And to say I'd be safe 10 out of 10 times, well, that's not true. You got thrown out. So it's not 10 out of 10 times. You want to say it's 9 out of 10 times? Okay, but it's not 10 out of 10 times. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can spend another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. With available H-Track all-wheel drive and three-row seating, my whole family can head deep into the wild. Conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And then, I, I don't know how much attention you're paying to the NBA. Pete, are you watching the NBA playoffs? Well, the Knicks, clearly. So some of it, some of the games, yeah, but mostly the Knicks. How about Buck Showalter taking a shot at Jordan Poole? <laughs> I'm just kidding. So when he's asked about it, he's like, well, it's like taking a 25-foot jump shot. Yeah, you take what you're given. I was like, what? Are you rocking Jordan Poole trying to take that dumb three at the end of the Warrior-Lager game? Nah, it, Buck, I, I don't know what Buck's doing here. I guess he's trying to defend this guy. But, yeah, the Mets aren't doing much offensively. But in the ninth inning, you're not, you shouldn't be forcing your way to score a run. You got to score two runs. If you don't score two runs, the game is over. Nimmo stealing second base, if this is the third inning or the fourth inning or the fifth inning, I get it. You're desperate. You're pushing yourself to score an extra, to score a run. And I think sometimes guys will do that, teams will do that. But when you're in the ninth inning, it's all about scoring two runs. One is useless, it's a useless run. So I really didn't like the analogy of, well, you know, we're pressing, we're trying so hard, we're just trying to create something. No, there's nothing to create here. Him getting into scoring position doesn't create anything. 
The only thing, and Nimmo said it was, I'm trying to allow Lindor to get up and take the double play away if Marte grounds out. That's great. But you getting thrown out eliminates Lindor from coming up. I thought that play, I can't predict to you that Lindor would have hit a game-tying home run, even though he did hit the game-leading home run in the first game of the doubleheader. But what you did is you eliminated any possibility of it. It was a bad baseball play. Everybody's going to say the same thing, so I don't want to waste too much time on it. It's obvious it was a bad baseball play. I respect Nimmo trying to give a thoughtful answer after it. It ain't worth it. That's the bottom line. You, you, you cannot try to steal second base in that spot. Double play, I don't hear about it. You can't risk being thrown out. And so it was a bad play, and it was really almost an exclamation point on how bad this series was and just a reminder that everything's going wrong. You can't play stupid baseball when you're not playing good baseball. If you're playing really good baseball, you can make some stupid mistakes and get away with it. But when you're not hitting on any kind of consistent basis and you're starting pitching, can't get through four or five innings, you got to be smart out there more times than ever. And it was just, it was demoralizing. I gotta be honest with you. When I saw Nimmo get thrown out, it was just his, it was like, come on, man. This is really where this week is gone. You're going to get swept by the Detroit Tigers. You're going to score one run in 22 innings. And we're going to watch Brandon Nimmo get thrown out at second base, trying to steal down two runs in the ninth inning. Just everything about it sucked. The only positive, like I said, Pete, is that I thought Verlander was good. And I think that's a small positive you could take out of this because they need him. <laughs> Let's be honest. Well, they need positives, but I'm, you know, I've been looking at the big picture about this team right now, and it's really starting to be frustrating because you see how the roster is constructed. You see the strategy that was put together by Billy Epler. And let's be serious here, okay? Let's break down. The strategy was bring back all every single offensive piece from last year. Uh, they really didn't want to call up the young guys, but they eventually had to. And it was let's try to mix and match between, you know, Taiwan Walker and Bassett and DeGrom and turn it into well, to Senga and Verlander and Katana. And let me tell you something. Let's be let's be serious. Look at the big picture. Taiwan Walker sucked ass. Bassett sucked ass. I mean, most of these pitchers, they were thinking about call, bringing Carlos Rodon. He hasn't even thrown a pitch yet. So, yeah. I mean, is it really all that bad what the Mets have done? <laughs> no, no. It's, it's definitely fair that when we bring up they should have done this, they should have done that, a lot of those pitching options have not worked so far. We're a month into the season. Uh, our guy, Jacob DeGrom, like he's pitched well when he's pitched. He's had how many early exits from starts, and now he's on the injured list. And you mentioned Radon hasn't pitched yet, and Chris Bassett's been awful. So, yeah, if, if the debate, if we're going to really debate what they did in the offseason, which I hate to do, but I know it's natural to have happen sometimes, there aren't a lot of better options when it comes to pitching that you could come up with. I agree. Uh, let me state my case on this offense while – I can't defend what's happened in the last nine games. They've been shut out a bunch of times. They've been shut out a lot this year. They've been shut out six times this year, which is crazy. And five of the last nine games, they've scored either one run or zero runs. I can't defend that. I actually don't feel awful. I don't want to say I feel good because I shouldn't say I, I feel good about anything on this podcast today. I should wait a few days. I don't feel terrible about where this offense is going to go. And I'll tell you my reasons why. Francisco Alvarez is the catcher for the New York Mets, period, stop. He is. And that has really started since the beginning of that West Coast trip. And maybe we over-exaggerated early on with Alvarez not playing a lot, and we were all annoyed by it. Alvarez now plays the bulk of the time. He plays two out of every three games. And I think realistically, that's all you could ask for. 
Because I think if you look around baseball, catchers are really only going to play that. Some of those guys, like JT Realmuto and Tyler Stevenson, will also DH. They're not there with Alvarez, but he catches most of the time. His numbers so far overall are not great, but I think we have hope. We have hope that with more time, Alvarez can develop into a productive offensive player and at the worst, at the worst, still be more productive than what they got from catcher a year ago when it was Tomas Nito and James McCann and Patrick Mazika. So I feel behind the plate, we have finally got what we wanted and Alvarez is going to catch every single day. And I'm optimistic that they are going to get production from catcher. Do you agree with that, by the way, of what I said about catcher? Oh, a hundred percent. And again, like, you, like, and, and just to reiterate, even with Francisco Alvarez not really clicking just yet, it's still more productive than Tomas Nito. Yeah, and look, Tomas Nito in the 48 at-bats he's had this year has been horrific. I mean, he has one RBI, he has zero extra base hits, he's hitting a buck 25. It's worse than even last year. But I feel good moving forward that Alvarez is the guy. And maybe we get the best case scenario when he's hitting a ton of home runs and he's driving in a lot of runs. But even at the bare minimum, I think the Mets are about to have with continued playing time, a significant upgrade from what they got out of catcher a year ago. I also feel very good about the fact that Brett Beatty is here. Brett Beatty looks like the real deal. And maybe I can't sit here and project what his numbers are going to be over a full season, but so far so good. He's got a chance to win rookie of the year and be everything we wanted from third base. Okay. So I feel like those are legitimate upgrades that are on this team as compared to last year. When you talk about, and everyone talks about, running it back. This was the point I tried to make in December. I was never able to be proven right until, I guess, right now, because the guys are here, because they weren't going to be here at the beginning of the year. They have upgraded just by having those guys on the Major League roster. I would think Alonzo, who's hitting about 250 now, he's got 11 home runs, which is fantastic. Alonzo is pretty much what he was last year. And I think we all feel pretty comfortable that he'll be in that same range. Home run-wise, he's probably ahead of it. 